Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR on this Wednesday March the 8th, 2023, I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning. Ed's missed a couple of great days here at TI over the last couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Really? Have they been good? We, Have they been great? They've been great. We started a, a trend with uh, Name That Tomb with Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> it's trending on TikTok. Ed, right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> We had Chris Woodward. Where's Chris? Name that tune. Chris is out today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had a couple of we had a couple of '60s or '70s. Name that tune, and uh, yeah, Chris tried. I'm not very good. Heart. I'm not very good at right. with names of songs. Yeah, and I grew up during. I'm sure the yeah. time that you guys are talking about. I asked him about what did I, Fred asked Chris Woodward about rainy days and Mondays. Yeah, I think it was Monday. You know, and we we're talking about weather. Yes, yes. And uh, you asked him uh, who sang rainy days and Mondays. Mondays. And he, you know what he I said? Don't know who that is. You know what he said? Yeah. No, Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Waylon Jennings. Yeah, that's Chris Woodward. Now, bless his heart, he didn't know. It'd be like asking me a song from I, the, But I don't from know the, the answer to that. From today. Yeah. You don't know. know the answer to that? No, no. Rainy Days if and Mondays. If I said Rainy Days and Mondays, you don't remember that song? I, I remember this. I, I vaguely remember the song. Listen, my favorite group in high school was Kiss. You yeah. think you think you think I remember rainy days and Mondays? <laughs> Talk about a sissy song. Well, Nobody's wearing a dog collar singing that one. I guess, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm sorry Karen, to even uh, mention Kiss. Karen Carpenter had an angelic. Okay. She had an angelic oh, no, voice. That's the Carpenters. Yes. <clears throat> I like. The I, I remember. Re, uh, you mentioned Kiss. I remember. Uh, I was in. I may have mentioned this before, but. Allison and I, my wife, we were in uh, Birmingham, yeah, Alabama, getting ready to, and we're going at the airport, yeah, going through security, and right behind me is some guy talking, and he's joking around with the the uh, TSA people, yeah. So we get through the line, get through security and everything, and I turn around, and it's Gene Simmons. He's oh. a big dude too. He's tall. He's about six two. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he, yeah he's pretty six one six two pretty big guy. Yeah. Got a unique hair. <laughs> do okay. It was Gene do. Simmons, huh? But uh, then I read that uh, Kiss had been in concert in Birmingham the night before. Oh, so but he was, he was just getting on a regular commercial flight like everybody else and yeah. uh, going through security like everybody else. So that proves it wasn't a member of Congress. Instead of Gene Simmons, right? Because, true. But he he uh, that was a, you know how you go through life and if you travel a lot you run into celebrities, right? Uh, it's you know and uh, that was the second time that I had seen him because uh, out uh, my sons and I went to Hawaii. This is ten years ago. Walker and Wesley, we got invited to go to Hawaii by our friend Nick Logan for the Aloha Bowl. Yeah, and so me and uh, uh, Walker, me and Wesley. I'm sure that's not good English, but that's not the point, people. 
Get the point here. It's, the it point is correct, we're killing time on. talking about Gene Simmons, but <laughs> yeah. that's okay for a minute. Anyway, so we flew over to Hawaii. We're at our hotel, and we're getting ready to go out on a, uh, you know, see see the island. Yeah. So we're going to our going to get in, back in our car after after the first night there, and uh, there's Gene Simmons walking around the parking lot because he had uh, was filming a reality show oh, at huh. the time over there. Hmm. So anyway, that's isn't that weird? Two Twice. two yeah, times that, would be, that that is that the, you would see somebody you know yes. who's a celebrity like that. So anyway, I he got offended. I told him would he stick his tongue out, <laughs> and he was like, "Really? <laughs> no, I didn't. Never ask. heard that before. I'm, I'm not being serious. I did not. Ask, I didn't even speak to him in uh, Hawaii. Like, but in the airport, it's like right behind me, you know. And I said hello. So anyway, <clears throat> was that uh, Knights and Satan service? Is that what that? That's was? what they said. That that, that wasn't true. It's not true. That was that was. A, that but was I'm a, but I'm not saying that they were they were not a good influence. <laughs> no, so I'm not defending. No, I know. Them. Yeah. I, we're not recommending that you you know get your old Kiss albums out or anything. But they, they, but uh, but the Knights and Satan service was uh, made up deal. That was not uh, true. All right, uh, we got a lot to talk about on the program today i missed the show meeting this morning so i don't even know what we're going to talk about uh so surprise me fred well we, we're going to start off with some good news all right we got a couple of uh, good stories uh Gigi Sohn. she may not be a household name but for people in the broadcast business uh she was a name that got a lot of attention she was a nominee by the biden administration to be part of the fcc uh, the Federal Communications Commission, which is charged with licensing radio stations across this country. TV. And, and TV stations. Yep. And so uh, there was great concern because I don't think I'm being unkind, but I would describe her as probably one of those left-wing radicals. Uh, she does not like conservatives. I'll put right. it that way. And so there was great concern in the broadcast community about her. And yesterday, what happened was Democrat Senator Joe Manchin said, uh, I'm withdrawing my support for this nominee. She is too divisive or divisive, depending what that is. Uh, he said, especially now, the FCC must remain above the toxic partisanship that Americans are sick and tired of. So when he withdrew uh, his support for her, she withdrew her nomination yesterday. Listen. This is a big deal. Yes, it is. It's not going to be necessarily a big national story because it's the FCC and it only affects, you know, people like us who own radio stations. We we look at these kinds of things. But just real quickly, the FCC has a five-member commission, Mm -hmm. all right, and they, they wield a lot of power and they have authority over broadcast radio and television in particular in the United States. So when American Family Radio has a radio station, which we have 180 or 181, we have to get a license to broadcast from the Federal Communications Commission, yes. the FCC. If they deny you, which they can, uh, then you can't go on the air. So now... <clears throat> They're not supposed to be political. If they have a reason to deny you a license, it would be, you know, something legitimate, uh, you know, that they could cite, not you're a Republican, 
therefore you can't own a radio station. They've never done that before that we're aware of that, that I can remember. So, uh, so Biden comes along and submits this lady's name to be the chairman of the FCC. And she's a whacked out liberal. Huh? Yep. I mean, and also she has some funny glasses, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Funny looking glasses. She's a she. Uh, she was on record saying things like uh, Fox News is I don't know. Well, she said, uh, and she I think tweeted this out. She said, "I believe that Fox News has had the most negative impact on our democracy. It's state-sponsored propaganda with few, if any, opposing viewpoints." Where's the hearing about that? Okay, so the the quote Ed just gave is the person that Biden wanted to be the chairman of the FCC. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's got, Biden's had a parade of left-wing loons uh, in his administration since day one. <clears throat> I think he doesn't know what's going on, Biden. He just he just follows the schedule of the day. And, and, and his some of the people right under him, they're running the whole show. And the people right under him, are crazy leftists. Yes. So anyway, the bottom line is I, I you know, um, I'm hesitant to attribute something to God when I don't know <laughs> for certain, right. but I would say this, <clears throat> there are two senators that are missing in action right now that are Democrats from a voting, uh, Diane Feinstein, what she's got shingles. She's been away for a Democrat while. Democrat from California. And uh, Fetterman, what's his first name? John. 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 He's the Democrat uh, from that just was recently elected from Pennsylvania. And he's got, he's got like emotional and mental issues that he's being treated for. Mm-hmm. Right? Walter Reed Hospital, yeah. He's Walter in the Reed. hospital. Okay, yeah. so he's out. So two of them are physically out. They don't vote, as I understand it. So that means that the Democrats don't have a majority that they can win straight up with uh, on voting. Mm-hmm. So when Manchin says, and good for Joe Manchin. Yes. I mean, I know he's a Democrat, but my goodness, <laughs> he saved our country <laughs> yes. in the last year or two several times. So mm-hmm. I admire the man mm-hmm. for that. Uh, Resisting and, a ton of pressure. Yes. Yes. And with this... He was absolutely correct. Uh, he, he he had a statement about that. What did he say, Fred? Yeah, he She's said yesterday the, the FCC must remain above the toxic partisanship that Americans are sick and tired of. Uh, for those reasons, I cannot support her nomination to the FCC, and I urge the Biden administration to put forth a nominee who can bring us together, not drive us apart. Okay, so she wasn't going to win in a vote, so she withdrew her name. Yes. So I think a- for the second time. I think she's, yeah. Been yes, up, no, yeah. she's been up before. Yes. And that's a, that's a big victory, folks. I know, again, that's not going to make national news because there are so many other things that uh, the media is covering that uh, are very important or are sensational. But we also ask our supporters, yes, Ed, to weigh in. Uh, so you want to take a, an opportunity to mention our AFA action alert? Which, yes, uh, people, we had – we we have a note from you kind of announcing that this was this was as you said a big deal this victory with Gigi Sohn 
uh, withdrawing her nomination. But we had sent, we have sent out every. T- she's been up, I think, at least twice for this nomination for this post, and uh, our folks have been instrumental in making sure that their uh, senators, for example, know that we do not approve of this nominee. And uh, we want to encourage folks, if, if you want to get active, now there's lots that American Family Association, American Family News, American Family Radio puts out in terms of information, okay? But we also want to equip and activate uh, listeners and supporters to get involved. And if you want to get involved, one of the simplest ways of doing that is to simply go to afa.net and we always have an action alert posted right there in the dead center of our page. And it'll say, read more. You can click through and you can get on our list to get these action alerts. Usually it's about twice a week, no more than that. We try not to burn you out, but we make it so easy. Once you've signed up, it is very easy to send a note or caveman an email. could do it. Yes. <laughs> so easy. A caveman could do it to go back to, uh, I don't know those Geico Geico ads. <laughs> so folks go to AFA.net, get involved and you do not have to spend the time to do the research. We even provide sample statements. If you uh, agree with those statements, you can simply yeah. send those emails. I would it just is very say, easy to do. Yeah, people, if you can't click, 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 right. three three clicks and you're an activist and yes. help save our country, then I feel sorry for you. Right. So how do they do that, Ed? They just go to afa.net right in the dead center of the page as our current action alert. This issue right here is going to be uh, in the center of the page. There will be a little tab in that. It says read more. You click through. There are instructions on how you can get involved. And we have uh, half a million people already on that, I think. Yeah. Or more, 600,000 or something like that. Yeah, and now it will sometimes differ in terms of how many people get involved on a particular issue. Not everyone's, in, you know, interested in every issue we delve into. But uh, I think we have uh, there's you're between talking about 500, the total yeah, the, I think the there are between five and 600,000 people that are on that email yes. action, action alert. And that's a, that's a clean number. Yeah, that's not old email addresses. We keep that up right. to date. Right. Anyway, so that's good news. Big victory. Uh, this. Uh, I mean, I, folks, I, I'm being kind when I call her a loony, a loony lefty, because that's what she is. And but she's gone now. She's not going to be considered to be chairman of the FCC. I don't know who Biden will put up next, if he even knows what the FCC is anymore. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Go ahead, uh, Fred. Yes, uh, more good news. We want to congratulate the people of Oklahoma who, in a ballot measure yesterday, rejected the legalization of recreational marijuana. Uh, and I, I was telling Ed about this this morning. The The people who fought this, uh, who fought uh, the uh, legalization of recreational marijuana, they were up against some pretty deep-pocketed people. The the uh, the people who were fighting this legalization uh, marijuana they were out spent by twenty to one. The people that wanted expansion of uh, accessibility to recreational marijuana, they spent four point nine million advertising their side of the story. Uh, the people who rejected it, they spent two hundred and nineteen thousand dollars. But I'll tell you, here's what happened. The churches in Oklahoma got involved, and they got their people out yesterday. 
it wasn't even close. And so uh, Oklahoma becomes, and, and I know there's there's some debate about, you know, medicinal marijuana versus recreational. What this would have done is basically you can buy an, buy an ounce of hard marijuana for recreation use. That's why it's called to get that. high. To get high. You'd be you'd be Cal, you'd be California. Yes. If you did if Oklahoma did that and they said no. Now some states, I know Mississippi did pass legislation to allow for medical use for marijuana. But in this case, they're just talking about being able to people to just smoke dope on their huh? front porch. On their front porch yeah. and yeah. Oklahoma said no. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So congratulations to folks in Oklahoma. Yesterday was must-watch TV once again at the White House briefing. We had an encounter between Fox News reporter Peter Ducey and Karine Jean-Pierre. Here was the subject. Peter Ducey had questions about what happened uh, down on the Mexican border, those four Americans who got caught in crossfire between... Is that what happened? I never knew what happened. Well, this is the story being told as of this morning. Okay. You got these four ladies. Were they ladies or no? No, one lady, three guys. One lady, three guys. They travel from South Carolina. Correct. To the Mexican border yes. down around Brownsville because uh, one of them is going to get some kind of a... A tummy tuck. A tummy it's, tuck. That's what we're told. All right. All right. What happened was uh, you've got the cartel gangs, the drug gangs down there. They drive across the border. A shootout occurs. We know that, obviously, because there's video of it. Two of those Americans were killed. The other two, the lady and I think one other man, have been returned to the United States. Uh, I think the man was seriously injured. Uh, the lady, the video showed, was just thrown in the back of the pickup truck. So, And I believe they're returning the bodies of the two dead Americans sometime today. But anyway, Peter Ducey asked the question of Corinne Jean-Pierre. Okay, want the White House perspective on this, but also... The reality is that these cartels are operating in the United States. They are responsible for tons of fentanyl coming into this country, killing thousands of American youth. This is what the Border Patrol reports. Tons of fentanyl. I want, to listen, I want you to listen to the exchange yesterday between Peter Ducey and Karine Jean-Pierre. It's going to shock you what she had to say. Cut three. So cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs, and now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Well, let's be very clear. Let me take on the drug part here, because since you brought this up, um, because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. That's because of what this president has done. I just talked about 23,000 federal agents that have been able to be, uh, uh, that we've been able to hire and put at the border to secure the border. On top of that, historic sanctions going after traffickers and other financiers are helping disrupt fentanyl supply chains throughout their flow to the U.S. And we're really expanded access to treatments like uh, that are saving lives, if you think about it, which prevent overdoses expanding as, uh, as our fentanyl test strips. 
Uh, and through the removal of the X waiver, anyone registered to pres prescribe controlled medications can now uh, prescribe life-saving medication to treat addiction. So again, we are seizing fentanyl at record historic levels because of what the, because of the, of what the president has done to secure our border. Well, first, let me just say congratulations to Corinne Jean-Pierre for finally being prepared, at least with talking points, to answer a question, <laughs> all right, because she has been ignoring questions. I will refer you to this agency. We've been hearing that. So congratulations to her. She was at least prepared with talking points. However, the talking points are pure bunk. Yes. All right. The problem with what she just said, and and again, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but shame on the media in the U.S. with the exception of Fox News and a few others. But the legacy media should have been all over this. They should have pummeled her with questions because the problem with what she just said was maybe there has been record seizures on fentanyl at the border. But that's because only if the reason there's something wrong with that is because that is an indication that fentanyl is, and this is the fact, flooding over our border at record rates. So, yes, that would lead to record high seizures. But because uh, anti-narcotics uh, anti officers only uh, intercept a fraction of what is coming across, your record high seizures indicates a catastrophe on the border. And no way, no way. Any honest appraisal of our border would indicate that the Biden administration has secured that border. No, she, she said that fentanyl is currently at historic lows, historic levels. Either she is ignorant of the facts or she was telling a bold-faced lie, knowingly misleading the American public. She lives in an alternative universe. I, I think I, I think that's she she. I guess she believes what she says. She acts like she does. Um, it's called gaslighting, too, but gaslighting is intentionally deceiving people. Maybe she's doing that, too. Uh, it is the job of the White House press secretary to, you know, defend her boss, whoever or whoever he, he or she may be. I mean, that's that's what they do. They spin. But she, she does more than spin. She lies straight through her teeth <laughs> and doesn't bat an eye. I mean, and, and, and then, while she's doing it, she says, I want to be clear. Yes. That's her fa <laughs> You know how Jen Psaki used to say, I want to I'm going to circle back with you? Right. Mm. Uh, Jean, Corinne oh. Jean-Pierre's go-to is, I want to be clear. Yeah. What she means is, I want to be clear. I'm about to lie to your face. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Overdose deaths to fentanyl. fentanyl are at historic highs. So how in the world she can translate I know, that I know. into saying that the Biden administration has secured the border? I know. Is, is, hey, is let me ask crazy. you guys. We've got a minute here, and I've probably asked this before. Fentanyl, uh, what does it do to you? What's the, what's the attraction? Why do people take it? What, what's the? It's a synthetic opioid, okay? So it's, it's a painkiller. Okay, it's and a painkiller. It's a painkiller, uh, but it's very strong, and it's very addictive, and, of course, it's being illegally obtained through the drug cartels. But it I think for a long time it was a legal painkiller. I think it's stronger than is, morphine. Is, is it like a pill? What is it? I, I, well, they're dressing it up to look like candy. Yeah. 
Uh, this is the other problem. And it's very potent, the potency of it. Somebody was telling me a story where somebody died the other day. They were in a hotel room where the previous occupant had had fentanyl. It was a, it was a, a little child that yes. died, I think. You mean it was just like uh, through the air? The dust. I think it's just the, the oh, dust. Oh, wow. It was that, it's that, that powerful. It's that, that yeah. potent. Yes. I'm not an expert on that. I know, but I, I did I did, you know, I, 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 if I, if you showed me fentanyl, I wouldn't even know what it is. Well, they're dressing it up like candy. That's why, that's why that, that lady uh, spoke here recently. She had two sons die on the same day. Right. Now, they thought they were taking a Percocet each, but it was fentanyl, and they, it killed them. Mm. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach... I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The Associated Press wrote a story the other day about how Uber and Lyft drivers are using their personal vehicles to promote Christianity. In many cases, the drivers play Christian music or listen to sermons. They see their work as a sort of mobile Christian ministry, sharing the good news with their passengers. It was only a matter of time for the Freedom From Religion Foundation to hit a speed bump. They claim the drivers are discriminating against atheists, and they want Uber and Lyft to implement policies that would forbid drivers from sharing their faith. They fired off letters to both companies accusing drivers of proselytizing, missionized against their will, is how the angry atheist described it. You know, it seems to me with all the road rage on America's highways these days, even the atheist crowd would welcome a calming and inspirational presence on our roadway. There's a reason why Carrie Underwood asked Jesus to take the wheel and not an atheist. I'm Todd Starnes. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27, 4. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the radio program, Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch, uh, we have a Facebook page. Just type in Today's Issues, and we live video stream the show there. And we also post the stories that we discuss so you can have access to the same information that we do that we base our conversation on here on this program, Today's Issues. You can send us an email at comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. We prefer K-Love emails. Uh, They need to be positive and encouraging. Okay. Positive and encouraging. Yeah, don't we? We like those kind of emails, right? We do. That's, uh, in fact, the only kind we allow. Uh, that's all I want to be is encouraged. We have a filter. I always tell my wife when I'm going out of the house, so I look okay, and she's not allowed to say no. <laughs> she, she's she got to say, you look, that, you look marvelous. I think that works in reverse. <laughs> reverse. Well, it, yeah, yeah, it's true. It, both ways, right. <laughs> But, all right, uh, uh, Fred Jackson with Ed Vitagliano. We're in studio here, and we thank you for listening. We have a couple of guests, don't we, Ed? We sure do. Stephen Black. who's In the, studio, by In the way. studio. By the way, for those of you uh, who would like to watch us do radio, you can do that by going to Facebook. I already mentioned that. Oh, you already did? Yeah, while you were wherever you were doing on the Internet. I, I, yeah, I wasn't. But I didn't mention the uh, – I wasn't I, listening to you. I'm sorry, Tim. I know. Everybody knows. <laughs> you want to – you want to – if you want to mention – no, no, no. If you want to mention our own. I See, I'm I fa- embarrassed now. I fa- don't embarrass be. me, man. Don't be. I failed to, uh, it happens to all of us. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll introduce our guests. Yeah, that's what I asked for. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Black, Executive Director of First Stone Ministries, and Laura Lee Stanlake, who's Director of Women's Ministries at First Stone Ministries. Uh, welcome to both of you. Yeah, Thank we're you. so happy to be yeah. here. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to witness that. No, that was just, kind of fun. <laughs> well, we try to put our guests when they're in studio, put them at ease by mocking one another, and and I'm usually it's biblical. I'm yeah, usually yeah, the yeah, fall yeah. guy, brotherly love. Yeah, yes. brotherly love. So, uh, ladies first, Laura, tell us about your ministry. First Stone Ministries has existed since the uh, 1970 or 1970s, and we were first built to be a ministry to families who uh, who were dealing with LGBTQ. What years? What year? In the 76. Who started wow. it? Uh, Frank and Peg Rogers were who our founders were. And we were we were fishers of men back in the day. And they, they were uh, pastors whose sons had come out to them. And they were looking for you community. You two of their children? One, one son who was living in the gay scene and in, in the 70s, 70s. Wow. but they were looking for community that could help them uh, navigate that as pastors as church men and women and so they founded fishers and men uh, trying to just create a family environments uh, that and out of that first stone ministries 
was really born, we became a ministry directly to people who struggled and to families. What's your testimony? Mm. Uh, in 1990, after a lifetime of being really religious, I had an encounter with the Lord that brought me to very deep repentance. Um, I had lived, uh, not gay identified, but I had lived in sexual addiction that led to homosexual uh, attractions that led to living that. Um, I had primarily attractions to women um, all of those years was deeply addicted, was deeply secretive. Um, These are not things that are normal for women to talk about. Um, But at the time, that was the nature of what was going on with me. The Lord had just great mercy on my life. My mom um, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was seven. Um, As a seven-year-old, I didn't have any uh, capacity to deal with the fears that were introduced to me through her illness. And so I I dealt with my anxiety. I dealt with my deep fears by finding comfort in things like pornography um, and secretiveness. Um, I incorrectly interpreted that as something I can't go to my family for help or for comfort. And that, that created some issues. When I was 17, my dad died from uh, cancer. And so I was left with a mom and a sister Um, I was struggling very deeply by then and, um, I didn't have a way to manage the deep fear outside of this addiction that I had developed. So something the Lord really did for me is he he gave me the church and I began to hear truth throughout my life. But in 1990, the Lord confronted my, my deep sin, my secretiveness. He brought me to a place of true repentance instead of just, um, you know, trying to put on religiousness on the exterior to be good. And then that process of repentance, the Lord um, really, I realized I wasn't just repenting of homosexuality or sexual sin, but I was really brought to a place of repentance and dealing with bitterness and wrath and bitter judgment and unforgiveness, things that were underneath. Um, uh, he, it eventually meant freedom from fear. I'm not very fearful. Uh, I'm cautious, but not fearful. It meant uh, putting away the former things truly. Um, What I didn't expect in 1990 is that a journey of saying yes to God in so many different ways would bring me to an actual change of affection. Um, it, It took about seven years to arrive at a place where I realized that things were beginning to truly change about who I was. So I wasn't just repenting of, um, these behaviors that I had placed in my life. Instead, I began to let uh, God have access to those affections. And he brought, um, eventually, um, 11 years into my new journey with Christ, I um, realized that I was in love with Mark Stanlake, and we got married. Um, Mark and I have been married almost 19 years now, which is not really proof of healing, but it was certainly a result of the healing process that I was in. Well, wow. So you're director of women's ministries. Yes, sir. At First Stone. Yes. Ministries. What's your what's the website and what's available there for people before we switch? Yeah, our website is www.firststone.org. And there you will find just a, a huge amount of resources. We have everything, everything you could possibly want. We have audio. We have video. We have uh, resources articles. For what? 
uh, for families and for strugglers and for understanding the issues. A sex addiction or Se- uh, sexual addiction, attraction? same-sex attraction, political issues, church issues. Okay. Um, you know, if we want a real response to what's going on, we've tried to build a robust, a very robust website gotcha. that can really equip any average Christian to handle most of these issues. Yeah. Stephen Black's also in studio with us. He's executive director of First Stone Ministries. So you guys work together. Yes, sir. On a regular daily basis, I guess. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Stephen, you've been featured in uh, our, our documentary, In His Image. You speak nationally. Uh, I mean, you travel the country on this issue. Your background, similar, right, in terms of you came out of a – go ahead. Yeah, I uh, had a transformative experience with Jesus Christ in right. 1983 as a result of a year and a half of crying out to the Lord. Um, my little brother had died, and it was a huge crisis in our family being raised in Catholicism, parochial school. So I kind of knew about a heaven and hell uh, that it existed, but I didn't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And for a year and a half, I cried out to the Lord, and it was in February of 1983 that I had this radical, transformative experience with Jesus in... Uh, you remember it. Oh, boy. Like it was yesterday, huh? I, I really do. It's, um, yeah, incredible. These people, I walked into their home, and the presence of the Lord came over me. I didn't know that it was the presence of the Lord. I just felt very strange in their presence. My heart began to race, and I heard this voice that said, if you do not accept me tonight, you're going to die. Well, that was 1983, and, you know, that's when we heard in the the summer of 1983 about a mysterious disease cropping up in all the hospitals in Oklahoma City called GRID. Back then they called it the the gay disease or gay-related immune deficiency. So when I was sitting in their home, I didn't know – all what the Lord was doing, obviously now, you know, going on 40 years, looking back on everything he did, um, he spared my life. He, he, he took me up out of a pit, out of a horrible pit, and set my feet upon a rock. And that night I had, as featured in, in, his, in his image, um, I had uh, got the big Douay table Bible blessed from the Vatican. People in the movie, they say, why are you holding that big papal edition? You know, because they zoom in on that. It's like that was the actual Bible, and it was my my parents' Bible, and I I had prayed over it because the girl I was, was partying with, their sister, had asked me on the way home, what does this mean? Uh, Are you going to be gay anymore? And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it means whatever Jesus has for me. And I literally prayed over this giant thing. It's this, you know, it's right, five inches right. thick with all the Vatican pictures and all the extra things that are in there. I mean, where do you find an answer? I literally prayed over it, flipped it open, and it went directly to Leviticus 18. And my eyes fell down. It says, like, uh, laws on sexual immorality. You know how a lot of you'll have little headers on paragraph sections in the Bible? And my eyes fell down right on verse 22. And there it says. Where a man should. Go ahead. Yeah, it says, a man shall not lie with another man as he does with a woman. Such a thing is an abomination. Some versions say detestable. And and the thought is carried on in verse 23, which is, and this is, is, you know, uncomfortable for a lot of people. They don't even like to bring it up. 
But the homosexual text is in context of bestiality, also in verse 23. So that's when, when you see something so unnatural and so broken, and you're the person. Uh, I had to deal with almost a feeling of self-hatred, and, and I was lied to by my parents' priest. He was trying to seduce me at my sister's um, wedding reception. Seriously? Saying, yeah, telling me it was all the more reason. How to, old were you? I was... Uh, Probably, I would have been 19. So when this happened, uh, I was 22. Uh, But he said, all the more reason to come to Mass, wink, wink. You know, um, uh, Wow. I know know what you're struggling. Pretty brazen with a 19-year-old. I mean, usually when you had the the pedophilia scandals with the priest that we all, you know, was a big, exploded in the Catholic Church. Was that about 20 years ago? Uh, it was mostly children involved, but night. Well, we found out even later that this same priest had, um, ironically, our direct uh, our men's minister on our staff went to the same parish, and yeah. he's you know uh, six years younger, and the same priest tried to seduce him as well. So, do you counsel? Is that what you do now? Is that your profession? Well, or it's it's what we call ministry. Yes, it's called pastoral care, discipleship, and. We speak and teach on these things. We do support group ministry, but we really, really do intensive counseling, discipleship, and pastoring the soul. As Laura, you know, mentioned earlier, um, it can take years of unpacking things. You know, we're not the pray away conversion therapy. You know, all these things that are ruse terms actually put out by the Human Rights Commission and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, it. That's not what we do. What we do is offer the gospel of Jesus Christ, and people are set free. How do people find out more about your ministry? It's really, yeah, firststone.org, all spelled out. And um, there's a contact form there. If they fill out that contact form, we'll get right back with them. Okay, uh, I want to ask both of you to answer this question. Um, The hardest, uh, I guess... uh, Sexual attraction is in the you know it it's human, right? So I mean, God talks about it in His Word. None of us would be here today if there wasn't a sexual attraction somewhere, <laughs> right? Right? We wouldn't even be talking because uh, we're a product of sexual attraction. So uh, the the part I guess I would like you guys to, uh, lady and gentlemen, to. Uh, Explain is one of the hardest questions I think that comes from people who have been in this lifestyle or practice this behavior. And here's what they say. They say, I was born this way. Okay. Now it's easy to dismiss that if you're a heterosexual and you say, come on, man, nobody's born this way. Hmm. Uh, And by born this way, I'm talking about uh, that in the same way that, uh, a male is attracted to a female. Uh, th- in this case, a male is attracted to a male sexually or a, a, a woman to a woman. And for them, it feels natural. Uh, now, am, am, I, am I right about that? Uh, or is that and how I've described it? In other words, it, it's for, for them, it says uh, as if the, the – does, am I the only one who knows what I'm talking no, about? Yeah, no, I Okay, because that... That's when exactly you put, what we talk okay, about. Okay, when you put it in that context, I have sympathy for them. Not, not that I've ever 
been a homosexual or even had a same-sex attraction, but I'm attracted to food. <laughs> right. And I got to have food to live. And, and I'm, uh, uh, you know, I look at uh, that dessert, man, I want that. And that's a real thing. And I'm saying, how do you, how do you answer people who say, you know what, uh, Stephen, man, uh, I'd like to be uh, straight and have a family and raise kids, but that ain't who I am. How do you how do you respond to that besides Exodus yeah. twenty one? Well, and it's a it's a a great question. It and took it, me about it, three minutes, but I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we help people. Like when I first meet with someone and they've come to our office, and they have said, you know, I I I really believe the Bible. I really want help. How how, how can I really change these same sex attractions? Okay. That first of all, it's imperative that they really have a relationship with Jesus and that they know that he's the creator and that he has a design. And we begin with the genesis of things, right, the, in the beginning. And uh, we look at what is God's best. And then we look at a person's history of causality. And it's very consistent. Like I was the emotional. When you say causality, you mean what causes them to have the same sex attraction? Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. So behind the scenes, in their psyche, in their soul, in their feelings, in their temperaments, okay? Now, some of the temperament and personality can be also God-giving in that a man can be sensitive, emotional, and artistic. A woman uh, can be... uh, uh, take charge. She's got a, uh, a very clear thinking of concrete thinking, compartmentalized, what we would call more of a masculine type of thinking, and a man with more of a, a, a feminine side of God, uh, the, the, the creative side of God. And so we look at that, and we don't discount that, because they would say, well, I have felt attracted uh, to my same sex ever since I remember, but what you find out is they weren't sexually attracted, especially in the early years, They're, unless they were exposed to graphic sexual uh, information. But that's that's the you know the onslaught like pornography right now. and things like yes, that. Yes, yes, it's okay. it's bigger than ever before. And also things like molestation and in, injuries that introduce that kind of sexual thought and behavior to them. Even you, in the earliest of memories, uh, you know, most of the people that we minister to, more than fifty percent have been sexually molested prepubescent. It messes them up. It does. Oh. I mean, to use common language, right? Uh, yeah. Right, Laura? Right. I mean, you you, you, you sexually, I hate to mention this on the air because it's so disgusting to talk about, but it is a real reason why a lot of the, these people's lives are messed up right. because they get sexually abused as a child, and that messes them up, I mean. Physically, uh, mentally, and emotionally, right? Yeah, I think that you know we're very we're very influenced by the things that we encounter. Okay. So, things like uh, you know things that we don't talk about in polite company generally, but things that brought arousal and pleasure. <clears throat> sometimes you become very a- attached to that, um, and it can certainly change the trajectory of things. You know, just because you've had pleasure or arousal. Uh, but I'm talking about from the child's point of view. <laughs> if you've got a five-year-old and sexually doesn't even know what sex is and they're sexually abused, that can mess them up, right? Oh, it messes For- them up in, in this regard, too, because like in my story and in his image, most victims of childhood sexual molestation don't even know they were victimized. They, they, because we attributed abuse as something that was painful. 
And so a little boy who's molested by a man, and the man's saying, oh, you're so cute, I just love you, and he puts his hands on that little boy, exactly what happened to me at 6 and at 10, men telling me how precious I was as they molested me. Well, that I didn't equate that to abuse. Actually felt good, right? And so that deep-seated place of sensual, sexual perversion enters into the heart of but a child. But do you think... Do you think that six-year-old and ten-year-old molestation experiences sent you into the homosexual lifestyle? I know it did. Okay. Hmm. I, I know it gave me a propensity towards thinking about sexual experiences with men. Okay. All right. So, uh, and and this, there's a lot of deep waters here. Yeah. So not not trying to short circuit what I'm sure would be for you for you guys for, for you Stephen and you Laura when you're counseling and ministering would would be months worth of ministry or years sometimes. or or years yeah so let me just ask you this uh and this might be a little bit unfair because it, we, we don't have a lot of time but clearly we're talking about people that for one reason or another are broken okay uh and it can come through abuse it can come through emotional deficits where you know the uh, the particular uh, sex of a parent was absent. They're longing for that. Okay, so they're broken. So as you minister to people who are wanting to get out of the homosexual lifestyle, I am guessing that some, like you, Laura, can come out on the other side of that ministry and be healed of that brokenness. But some are going to struggle for the rest of their lives, and they're going to be broken, and they. They stop the behavior, but they just say, I, I, this will just be a battle that I fight, but I want to honor Christ and remain celibate. Is that how this kind of plays out, that some people can find healing and can become attracted to the opposite sex and have a uh, opposite sex you know, marriage? And, and, but then there are others who battle this the rest of their lives and can't find their way to that? Well, there, it's very complicated what you just, just communicated because you're talking about different levels of experience, different levels of sanctification, different levels of, of the healing process that a person may have access to. Uh, however, we are, you know, we've experienced great healing, transformative right. grace that we are not in desire, in wantonness, in lust right. for our same sex anymore. It's, it really has changed. Uh, but you're right. There will be people that will struggle. And, um, and, and what we see is the, the level of damage, if it's been, you know, we're talking decades for people. Right. But we were fortunate in that we, you know, started our healing process in our early 20s. But when I'm ministering to a man who's been gay identified and living as a homosexual for 40 years, I mean, that man is going to probably struggle with the damage in his soul. We even see in the Conquer series that, you know, the, the brain is damaged, the neural pathways of thinking by bad behavior with pornography. How much more so with homosexual perversion and, and acting out that way? Right. It's very damaging. So, yes, but where sin abounds... Grace does much more. Amen. And so you 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 were discipling men and women into a complete, total surrendered relationship with Jesus. The problem is, is we have groups out there now. 
that are like uh, the dangerous affirmation that M.D. Perkins writ- has written and the little leaven, like Revoice. And they're propagating the idea that this should be an identity right. of homosexuality and Christianity. Because I'm a gay Christian. Right. That's exactly saying. right. And some of them call themselves that or a homosexual Christian, uh, albeit celibate. Um, but there is work that has to be done in the soul. Uh, there's inner healing. There's there's counseling. There, most people have gone through trauma, and they have to be able, like Jesus said, instead of you know trying to help someone in a state of grief and say, okay, you have lost. Well, blessed are they that mourn. Right. And so okay. now you're taking the grief and you're you're getting the mourning and the pain out of their soul. Just about out of time for this half hour. We're talking to Laura Lee Stanlake. Uh, she's director of women's ministries at First Stone Ministries, and you just heard the voice of Stephen Black, who's executive director of First Stone Ministries. Uh, Laura, where are y'all out of? Where are you based out of? We're in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. Um, we do. Is there another Oklahoma City that I'm not aware of? <laughs> no, uh, but sometimes people. Okay, ask, I know. You know. I just, you know, I, I need. 15 minutes and I need to be a smart aleck. You know, it's kind of <laughs> called the city. I'm glad it's, you're able it, to yeah, receive it's, that. It, it's who I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to ask you this. Uh, God bless both of you. Thank you. Amen. Because you're very brave. And I, I know you've heard that before as a compliment, but uh, there was a day when you could do Christian counseling and nobody bothered you and they may not agree with what you were doing, but they didn't say anything. People are free to go get counseling from who they want to in this day and age you're called a hate group just like we are and i'm sure you get calls and threats and emails saying uh you're a hater and whatever so you guys are in the in the thick of the battle on a personal level and you're trying to help pastors and other counselors i admire you greatly Laura, what is your website again www.firststone.org yeah Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Powerful. Stephen Black there. And, okay, Ed, Fred, and uh, yours truly will will return. Well, uh, are you out of here, Fred? I'm out of here. Steve Paisley Jordahl? No, it's Steve Party Shirt Jordahl today. He's got a party shirt on. Yeah, you're not going to believe this shirt. I haven't seen it yet. Look forward to it. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.